The Bucketeers podcast is a proud member of the TSP and the TimeSkew Podcast Network. You can catch our podcast on a number of outlets, including Apple, Spotify, and Google. You can follow us on Twitter today at Bucketeers. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to a very special edition of our pregame pod. I am your host, Tampa Tones. Big Bukowski is in and out tonight. He's on the run. He's on the move. He's making that money, staying busy. So we are joined by a very special co-host tonight for this Bucks-Bears pregame pod. Chicago Zone will bring him in in a little bit. It is Mr. Alex Ruiz from Rose 7 Podcast. He's full of great thoughts. Go check him out on Twitter. He'll give you guys his Twitter handle here shortly. But we got a good game coming up. Three and one versus three and one. Um, very good defenses, very good offensive potential throughout. So we'll see if Nagy could utilize his offense in this one. We'll see if Tom Brady could stop throwing the pick six in this one. Uh, both teams are slightly banged up. The Buccaneers come into this game mildly injured. Chris Godwin is missing this game. Justin Watson is out. O.J. Howard is out. Three of our five running backs are out for either suspension or injury. My, oh, my, it's a grocery list for an injury list. It's a little bit sad to see, but nonetheless, once again, we are welcomed in by Chicago's finest Row 7 podcast own, Alex Ruiz, the man, the myth, the legend. Alex, happy early birthday, my brother, and where can the people follow you and your podcast at on Twitter? First of all, thank you for having me on the podcast. Thank you for the early birthday wishes. You can follow me at Row7Podcast on Twitter, at Row7Podcast on Instagram, and all your uh, podcast platforms, Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, Deezer, and the list goes on and on. Yeah, and my favorite thing about Alex's podcast is he, he cuts it right down the middle. He does all sports. It's not one sport. You know, it's it's multi-sports, and it's Chicago-based. So if you guys want your um, fine dining in sports, honestly, baseball, basketball, football, hockey, you name it, Row 7 Podcast is bringing it to you. So be sure to check out Row Podcast, Instagram, Twitter. They bring you great podcasts. I've been on there a couple of times. It's always an enjoyable time. Um, great guys on there all the time. It's just remarkable. And once a week, you can find these guys. Uh, and um, that's right, Alex, once a week, right? That's correct. Once a week. Yep. Yeah, and the birthday boy is obviously um, going to be celebrating this week, so we'll look forward to that Rose 7 podcast episode next week, and we do hope your enjoy your birthday is an enjoyable one. What has it felt like as a Bears fan going through two quarterbacks to this point, yet a 3-1 and one record through the first uh, quarter of this season? Uh, tumultuous, to say the least. Uh, obviously, from where I stand, uh, not happy with either, either quarterback at, at this point. Uh, neither one really have the answer. Uh, but I think that starts at the top. Um, Gase, or not, I'm sorry, not Gase. Um, remind me here, the GM, why am I blanking right now? Pace. Pace. There we go. Sorry. He's easy up, to forget. Mixed up one letter, yes, but he is easy for, to forget. Uh, bad, a big mistake in going the route of Trubisky. I mean, I'm not going to beat a dead horse here. We kind of know what to expect from him. Uh, some games he's, you know, Aaron Rodgers out there and other games, he's uh, Ryan Leaf, you know, to, to put, to put it in perspective. Uh, but right now, as far as how I feel, not great. Um, going into this game, I'm hoping that they're going to be somewhat prepared and not get blown out. I'm hoping it's going to be competitive, but I really don't know what to expect, especially uh, when you got the likes of Matt Nagy kind of uh, ruling the roost right now, if I, if I may say. Yeah, and I know the Bears are really the focal point of Chicago sports right now with um, both of our baseball teams, the White Sox and the Cubs, with disappointing first-round um, blowouts in the playoffs. And then uh, the Bulls and the Blackhawks are obviously starting later than normal, so we don't get that preseason buzz vibe from them right now. So it's it's only the Bears, and as you said, it, it's very interesting to look at, uh, you know, um, the word you used, it hit the nail on the head, tumultuous, I think. I, I um, That word describes the Bears and their quarterback situation and I think you you summed it it starts at the top Ryan Pace so we'll see um we'll see what happens if his golden boy Mitch Trubisky or Nick Foles comes out on top it looks like Foles right now and that leads into this next question Alex 
Who do you think will be under center comes week 17 for the Chicago Bears, Nick Foles or Mitch Trubisky? I mean, if I really had to think ahead, um, I'm probably going to say it's going to go back in the hands of Trubisky. Uh, I don't really know how much farther we're going to go with the Nick Foles experience. Obviously, when you have the likes of a team like the Colts who came in came into town last week and were able to really game plan for uh, an offense led by Foles, you, you've seen what really happened. They put up three points. Um, that extra touchdown that they got in garbage time was a garbage touchdown. They technically lost, what is it, 19-3? to three? Yeah. So, I mean, if, if that just kind of tells you anything, I'm really hoping that um, – you know, you get Allen Robinson more involved. You run the ball. David Montgomery, the man can run. And for whatever reason, he, he just gets, what, maybe 10 carries a game? It, you know, 15 at most. He should be having that ball in his hand 20 to 25 times, if not more. The, the biggest way to keep your, the likes of a, a Tom Brady and company off the field is running the ball and running the ball successfully. That's kind of really where it starts. Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head there. I mean, when David Montgomery was drafted by the Chicago Bears, this is a man they gave up Jordan Howard, who has looked good in Chicago, and they just kicked him to the curb and said, we're putting all our faith here in David Montgomery. See you later. They put a lot of trust into this guy, and they're not using him. They're not really using him to the extent that they should. I think you're exactly right on that. He needs to touch the ball 20 times at least a game. I mean, if you give him the ball 10 times a game, especially against a stout defense like Indianapolis or Tampa Bay, how do you expect him to get going with only 10 carries? I mean, you're not going to find many holes all game, but that's the point of pounding the rock is hopefully 20, 25 times in a guy like Montgomery with his stature of play could find a couple of holes later in the game. And at the same time, as you said, it'll, it'll open up play action a little bit for one of these quarterbacks so I, I think that's interesting I think Trubisky does ultimately end up starting as well week 17 because I, I used to be on the Nick Foles train but um, I watched last week's game I was a little concerned and last year he came in against the Buccaneers he actually uh, started for Jacksonville after he, he did look good week one last year, but then he broke his collarbone, left injured, came back later um, to take Gardner Minshew, who looked very good last year. Gardner Minshew's spot. Foles came in against the Buccaneers. Foles looked awful. The Bucs were blowing out the Jaguars. They benched Foles. Minshew came in. It became a competitive game. Bucks still won. But point is, the last couple of times between – Last week, um, although he did look very good against Atlanta, but I think um, me or you, Alex, could look pretty good against Atlanta's defense there on the football. So we'll give him a uh, pass there. But whether it's last week against the Colts or whether it's against the Bucks last year in Jacksonville, Nick Foles has, has not looked too good. So I would not be surprised if um, Trubisky is indeed under center come yeah. weeks. This could this could turn around really really quickly. Uh, I mean, I give maybe Foles another week or two at most, and if he does not uh, right the ship in a sense, uh, you know, this team could be three and three very easily, really quickly. And as it as a team that three and was three and zero, oh, now three and one, you're thinking, oh, you're headed in the right direction, potentially a playoff team, and that could end in a snap. Yep, I think that this week is honestly kind of, um, even though no matter if he plays good or bad, I think that this week's game against Tampa is really going to be like a big decision in Nick Foles' future and his starting status. I mean, if the Bears beat Tampa Bay, and not to, you know, toot Tampa's horn or anything, but they do have Tom Brady, they have a 3-1 and record, they have Mike Evans, they got a very good young defense with Ndamukong Sue and Shaq Barrett, Jason Pierre-Paul. If, if um, Nick Foles could beat them, you're going to have to think that his leash gets a little longer for the starting quarterback position just in that victory itself because then the Bears would be 4-1. and one. They got a 10-day off period, and then even if they would defalter and lose, they'd still be 4-2, and two, so it's not the end of the world. But if the Bears lose this game to Tampa, no matter how good Nick Foles plays, they go back to 3-2, and two, you're kind of thinking, well, wait a minute. Technically, I know I know that Trubisky got taken out, but technically we were three and zero with Trubisky as a starting quarterback, and and really quick before you know it, we're zero and two with Nick Foles as one. So, 
it's going to be really interesting to see what happens. And, um, I mean, it, it, Nick Foles does show signs. Like, against Atlanta, he did have a couple good throws, so I'm not going to discredit the guy. But it hasn't been too good from what um, we've seen this year. And once again, we are here with Rose Seven's own Alex Ruiz co-hosting tonight, stepping in. We appreciate Alex helping us out and co-hosting while Big Bukowski's on the run. He'll be in tune later in this episode. But Alex, what is one strong suit on the offensive side of the um, ball Buccaneers fans should look out for against this Bears team? What should we be worried about? Well, outside of David Montgomery, I would say if if, uh, Foles can get the ball into Allen Robinson's hands, uh, he could definitely make some noise, but that's all pending on the success of uh, initially starting with running the ball with David Montgomery and then potentially opening up the field a little bit for uh, the likes of Allen Robinson, who, like I said, uh, could wreak some havoc uh, and could pose a little bit of a challenge for that, you know, Bucks defense. So I think it kind of really applies in those two gentlemen's hands, Montgomery uh, and Robinson for sure. Yeah, I think Allen Robinson, he's a tremendous wide receiver. It's uh, what do you think? Do you think he gets paid soon, or do you think that uh, Ryan Pace is going to keep messing around with his wide receiver number one? And do you think Allen Robinson finds himself available uh, sooner rather than later? I, knowing the Bears organization that I've kind of followed for too long, if I may say, um, I think they're going to let this kind of play out and see really what where he stands at the end of the season, uh, and if the Bears kind of really falter and they kind really muddle and they start to trend the opposite way of those wins, I think he might be out the door sooner than later. So I'm, I'm hoping that's not the case. Uh, but I know that the Bears have never been that team to kind of pay the man. And when they paid uh, Tariq Cohen, I really didn't think that he was the man to get paid just yet. Yeah, I mean, I think that is a tremendous point. Look at Look at all these wide receivers who have been quote-unquote wide receiver ones that the Bears have had lately that ended up just – getting shown the door and the most recent one off the top of my head. I know he's injury prone now, but Elshon Jeffrey, and then he helped the Eagles win a Super Bowl. So, and then Brandon Marshall, he had some very good seasons with the Jets after the Bears still. So, I mean, um, I hope that Allen Robinson doesn't get shown the door, but I do agree with you that I do think they're going to play around with some fire and they do spend their money in questionable places. Like that tight end room is beefed up to the max with contracts. So, We'll see. Hopefully they could afford, uh, you know, one of the better receivers that the Bears have seen in a long time. I know I'm happy with them on my fantasy team. Um, Alex, besides Allen Robinson and David Montgomery, who I myself as well am very high on, who's a guy, obviously, besides Khalil Mack, because he he gets after the ball no matter what, who besides Khalil Mack um, are you looking out for the most if you're a Buccaneers fan on the Bears' defensive side of the ball? Uh, I would also like to say probably Akeem Hicks, definitely a menace on the line. Uh, his size and stature can really pose a little bit of a, a threat, uh, getting to potentially, uh, Tom Brady, but, uh, uh, that kind of really lies in the hands of, like you said, Khalil Mack, he's really the, the spark plug of this team and who really needs to get that defense going. Another guy, I probably would say Eddie Jackson as well, too, who was kind of a force to be reckoned with in the, in, you know, in the backfield, I guess. But I think those, those two guys out, outside of Khalil Mack really have to be uh, the standouts for that Bears defense to kind of get them going. Because from what I've seen as of late from Kyle Fuller, uh, he's gotten burned a lot. Uh, not too content with that. I'm sure he's, he is not either. Um, but it's, it's got to stem from uh, Eddie Jackson and Akeem Hicks for sure. Yeah, those are two names that are very prevalent in the Spears defense, um, Akeem Hicks and Eddie Jackson. Those are guys that you must look out for if you're a Bucks fan. I think that Alex picked two great ones. First, we'll start with Hicks. I mean, we're already down to two running backs. And Alex, real quick, if you haven't heard yet, the Buccaneers are indeed down to just two running backs tomorrow on their depth chart. So um, as a Bears fan, you kind of like to hear that. Our emergency running back is 350-pound defensive tackle Vita Vea. So look at that. Yeah, look at that. You know, I, I don't think we'll be seeing Big Vita catching too many balls out there. But nonetheless, a tremendous opportunity for Akeem Hicks. Although that would be fun to see an Akeem Hicks Vita Vea clash. You know, that would be tremendous. But um, 
I mean, if if you draw it up, that's a first in goal play right there, where you put in a three hundred plus pound guy, you know, to pound pound it into the into the end zone right there. Yeah, and the Bucks used Vita Vea like that last year, actually. So it, it's likely with only Ronald Jones and Keyshawn Vaughn on the active roster because we didn't have a running back in our practice squad, and with um, this very very serious COVID nineteen pandemic, it takes three days three negative testing days of COVID for a team to, you know, bring a guy in because when you sign a guy in a pandemic like this, you're going to want to make sure when you're, you know, your team's been doing a good besides the Titans. I hate to throw them under the bus, but the NFL's done a hell of a job so far keeping their teams, you know, kind of in their minor bubbles. I mean, we've seen slip ups here and there as we did with baseball, but with free agents, you don't know you don't know where these people have been so you want to make sure you're extraordinarily safe especially you know Bruce Arians he's almost 70 he's had cancer you know he's been a battler and heads off to him for even being on the sideline this year so nonetheless the Buccaneers aren't going to just bring in any, you know, going to hurry a guy in. They're going to go through this. So I think Akeem Hicks has a tremendous opportunity to get back to Alex point of being a prevalent run stuffer tomorrow because we just don't have the horses. So look for Akeem Hicks to cause havoc and Eddie Jackson as well, because Bucks are banged up wide receivers and tight ends wise. OJ Howard's out. Chris Godwin's out. It's a grocery list of Buccaneers offensive guys out tomorrow. So Bears fans, um, you do have something to look out for there. Alex, who is your Buccaneers player to watch out for? If Bears fans are listening, for those Bears fans listening, who would be one Buccaneer you're highlighting? I mean, you could pick Tom Brady, Mike Evans. Who's your one guy on offense or defense to look out for? Well, I know he's got the, a little bit of an injury right now with an ankle problem, but Mike Evans, aside from the fact that he's on my fantasy team, uh, I got I to gotta pull for him, but I'm hoping that uh, he can kind of get out there on the field and make a couple catches, maybe a one or two in the end zone. And I know that's kind of going against, you know, me rooting for the Bears. Uh, but he's a menace out there. If he's, if he's out there and, and can be somewhat productive, he's definitely someone who can cause uh, a little bit of trouble for the Bears uh, defense for sure. Not to mention uh, also another guy who, who I caught a little bit of last week and Scotty Miller, who was a speedster for sure. Yeah, I mean, I think um, that's a very good point with Mike Evans, and I I love that you have him on your fantasy team because I have Ellen Robinson on four of my teams. So, um, you know, I always tell people you could do a thing where you hope your team wins, but one guy on the other team kind of has a nice little game, not hoping they win, but, you know, I think you're in agreement that you do hope Mike Evans maybe finds the end zone once. I mean, you know, I think he's – He's got a magnet to the end zone this year. His he's he's has at least one touchdown in every game. So we'll see if that's able to keep up. And I think that um you know Scotty Miller is a great point you make. Scooter Miller out of Bowling Green last year, mid round pick. Um, him and Jameis never quite got on track, but that's because Scotty got injured. Him and Tom Brady have looked really good out there, though. He, he He's looked good on deep balls. Who, who would have thought little old Scotty Miller would be our deep threat out of Bowling Green? I mean, you know, this guy is just incredible. He's got speed. When you watch this guy, you know, you think he's going to be your prototypical slants, your outs, wide receiver, your possessions receiver. He doesn't have height to him. So, you know, his strides can't be too long, but this guy somehow flies down that damn field. You weren't lying about that at all. So I I think that's a good point. If I were to pick a bear player to look out for, I mean, I'm not going to be obvious and go with Khalil Mack or whatnot, because obviously Khalil Mack against Donovan Smith is a matchup that should perhaps intrigue bears fans. Although our left tackle Donovan Smith has been playing better as of late, um, Khalil Mack's an all-pro, and Donovan Smith is an all-Joe who hasn't earned his money yet. So we'll see, we'll see how that looks out. But I'm I'm looking forward to see how um honestly this Bears offensive line holds up against this Bucks front seven. I mean Shaquille Barrett, Jason Pierre-Paul, and Dominic and Sue, Vita Vea, Levante David, Devin White. 
this this front seven is going to be attacking the Spears offense. So we'll see if guys like Cody White here and <clears throat> all their Bears offensive line talents could step up to the challenge and um, protect Nick Foles. Nick Foles and kind of um, it's it feels like an audition start still. You know, he, he's not too locked into Alex's point earlier. And once again, you are listening to the Bucketeers pregame pod, joined by co-host, special co-host tonight, Alex Ruiz from Row 7. Alex, as I mentioned, Bucks are banged up. What are your thoughts on them being without Chris Godwin, O.J. Howard, Leonard Fournette, LaShawn McCoy, Ken John Barner, Justin Watson, wow, and perhaps more offensively on Thursday night football? I know that that's a daunting list, and it's, like you said, a laundry list that goes on and on. Uh, but when you have a pretty stout defense – who I know they did give up quite a bit of points to uh, Justin Herbert this past Sunday, but kind of regrouping and regathering. And then when you got the guy TB12, who's leading the helm, I know that people say he's, you know, his time is done, but he, he's still the goat. He's, he's the goat in my opinion. And when you got an offense like that, that, yeah, you got a couple guys out, uh, but I wouldn't put it past him pulling it out. You know, uh, of course, me being a Bears fan and a Bears homer, wish I wish they would win. But it, the, the future really looks bleak for this game. And if they do pull it out, it's, it's a reason to pop bottles, you know. But uh, I, 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 can't, I can't really say that I'm going to side with them for now when you got the likes of, if, if I'm just looking at quarterbacks, Nick Foles, Tom Brady. I, I think it – it kind of speaks for itself right there, even though Nick Foles did get the best of him a couple of years ago in the Super Bowl. I will point that out. Yeah, that is, that's a very good point. I was actually just thinking in my head, I'm like, yeah, I mean, it's a no-brainer. But I guess Nick Foles on the world's biggest stage did beat Thomas Patrick Edward Brady, um, which was a tremendous game. I think, correct me if I'm wrong, Alex, Nick Foles actually caught a touchdown perhaps in that one? or uh... He did. He did catch one, and actually Tom Brady dropped one. Yeah, yeah, Tom Brady dropped one. So that game, Nick Foles uh, definitely won up Tom Brady. And, you know, they got the W that year. And Nick Foles had a tremendous year that year as he came in as a backup. But that's kind of what the Bears were hoping for, I think, a little bit this year with starting Trubisky. They know that Foles has had that um, positive historic success of coming in off the bench and winning football games. Uh, and, you know, when he started seasons like in St. Louis a long, long time ago or like in Jacksonville last year, it, it hasn't ended up too great. So we'll see if Nick Foles can continue to audition well. Something I really want to talk about quick is the Bears' special teams, more importantly, their kicker. Um, Eddie Pinheiro has been hurt. I'm not really sure when he's coming back. Um, and you know, Cairo Santos has kind of been a typical bears up and down kicker. What are your thoughts, Alex, on their kicking position? I heard that they're working out Kai Forbath, longtime NFL veteran today. He's been on eight, the bears would be his eighth team. So it's not like there's great alternatives, but what do you think the bears do with their kicking position moving forward? Uh, it's it's kind of plug and play as far as I'm concerned. Um, I like how you mentioned uh, Cairo Santos right there, or as uh, John Fox called him, Carlos Santos, a couple years ago. I'll never forget that moment. Uh, but it's you know next man up essentially. I as far as I'm concerned, it it should be Eddie Pinero, but who knows if and when he will be healthy this season. So if it is Cairo, if it's not, if it's somebody who they pulled off the street who's picking garbage up today. So be it. Just they just it just needs to be somebody who's uh, going to get the job done. That's that's as far as I'm concerned with it. And then, if in the case they happen to be the one make to make field goals, please don't be uh, Cody Parkey. Yeah, Cody Parkey. Um, I think he actually played one game this year with the uh with the Browns or Bengals. Uh, or yeah, he got signed somewhere this I think year. He is with the Browns. I think he actually made a field goal the other day against uh, Dallas. Yeah, yeah. Now that you say he did sign with the Browns because they cut their kicker, um, Siebert, and then Siebert signed with the Bengals. And then uh, on their uh, on their Thursday night football game, it was Siebert with the Bengals against his old team with Cody Parkey replacing him. So, yeah, uh, Bears kicking, you know. And first off, too, I think that sums up John Fox's tenure in Chicago. 
calling a kicker Carlos Santos when his name is Cairo Santos. And he's been a pretty good kicker throughout his NFL career besides his, you know, recent past little uh, year or whatnot, whatever you want to consider with Chicago. But this is a guy who's been around, so to get his name wrong, it's just kind of funny. But I ultimately agree that Eddie Pinheiro is the Bears' choice. I mean, I don't think that they'd – continue filling up a roster spot with Pinheiro if they didn't hope that he would come back eventually. But it's interesting because it, it kicker's a position that has stung the Bucks lately too. Um, we, you know, we've drafted two in the past five years and both those guys we drafted were only on the Bucks for one season. Roberto Aguayo's second round pick. Yes, I, I'm, I'm not mistaken. Second round pick Roberto Aguayo from Florida State was a one and done. Then Matt Gay, last year, you know, rookie kicker, cost us a couple games, fifth-round pick. He's a one-and-done. So the Bucks are now on Ryan Suckup, and he's missed a few kicks this year. Between the Bucks and the Bears, I mean, I could not tell you. Like, I don't know what's happening, but, you know, there, there's, there just seemed to be jinxed at kicker. And injuries, too. Real quick, we'll get into the Bears injuries. I think that Mooney, they said, might be out tomorrow. I'm not 100% sure if Mooney's playing or not for the Bears tomorrow. And Tariq Cohen's already out for the year. Alex, between Mooney and Cohen, um, what are they missing offensively tomorrow? I know that Cohen, um, to me at least, he's kind of been lackluster to the fact that I feel like his ceiling is so high and his production hasn't been too high, but nonetheless, he is kind of that Swiss Army knife. What are the Bears missing if Mooney can't suit up and um, with Tariq Cohen out for the year? Uh, I only can hope that Jimmy Graham steps up and maybe Cole Komet kind of finds a role out there as well, too, who I know the Bears, I believe right now, have roughly 15 to 20 tight ends that they've signed other active roster i'm just i'm just kidding but uh, they do have an outlandish amount of tight ends but i'm hoping that if you don't have mooney out there and obviously cohen is out for the remainder of the season that you can get some type of a production uh out of jimmy graham and maybe cole Komet, who's you know their highly touted draft pick out of notre dame i, I want to say yep notre dame yeah so i i can only hope that you get uh, some type of productivity from them you know outside of the likes of your alan robinson and uh montgomery so it's it's hope wishful thinking, but uh, I I really don't know exactly what the game plan is. But I'm I'm hoping it's better than this past Sunday for sure. Yeah, and and I think any Bears fan's biggest wish is that Matt Nagy would quit being inept at play calling. I mean, and honestly, it's getting to the point where Nagy might not be the Bears coach um, next year. If you know, if if this Bears team, they are three and one. And as I say, three and one, very impressive. You could only play whoever's on your schedule. But, um, you know, with them starting three and one, if these last eight, you know, or I'm sorry, if these last 12 games go south, I think Bears could be one of the many teams in the head coaching hunt next season. So Matt Nagy needs to start calling better games, start getting Montgomery involved and start using his tight ends because as Alex said, they probably have 50 or 60 of them. And, um, you know, they're paying Jimmy Graham big money. They gave him a bigger contract than tight end Eric Ebron on the Pittsburgh Steelers. So, um, you know, and then they drafted Cole Komet from Notre Dame when they could have used that draft pick, you know, on a, running back or wide receiver is something. So I, they, no, I'm sorry. They drafted Mooney. So, you know, they could have used it elsewhere, but it's just, it's just interesting. So um, we'll see. We'll, we'll see what happens for the bears, but um, fantasy fantasy. We're in the same fantasy league. We actually uh, tied our teams this year, tied earlier and we're in a decimal league. So that was incredible. Alex as a fantasy football owner. Who are you? Um, who, who are you highlighting? I know you have Mike Evans, but maybe besides Mike Evans, who are you highlighting as your one either on the Bears or Buccaneers? Who is your fantasy player to look out for? Uh, probably Rojo. I mean, if he can get going, that's not going to bode well for the Bears because obviously you know that who's throwing the ball for Tampa Bay. Uh, but if Rojo can kind of get going, you know, put up five six yards per carry, 
uh, could be a long night on, uh, you know, on, um, on the lakefront. Yeah, and I think a little birdie told me that they were trying to perhaps get Ronald Jones from Team Ruiz earlier today. Um, I could be mistaken, but I do not blame you guys for not giving up Ronald Jones. I mean, this guy, the first two seasons, especially his first season under head coach Dirk Cutter, didn't really get used all too much incorrectly. Last year, he kind of came into his own as the season went on. This year with Leonard Fournette missing time, LaShawn McCoy injured, Ken John Barner now hurt, former New England Patriot, just um, came over to Tampa last week. He's suspended and has a concussion. So it's really Ronald Jones' season. And I've been high on Ronald Jones this entire time. And last week he proved that when you give Ronald Jones 20 carries, he's going to pay dividends. He's a guy who could get 100 rushing yards every game. So I really like that Ronald Jones pick. If I had to pick a Bears fantasy player to look out for, I, I, I do think – I think you're onto something with the tight ends. I'm going with Cole Komet. Cole Komet in your deep league stash. I want. I mean, obviously, Allen Robinson is your bear to have. But I'm not going to – um, I'm not going to make it easy. I'm going to have a little fun – I'm going with Cole Komet. I think that Cole Komet might sneak his way into the end zone tomorrow, if anything, because I think that, you know, after Herbert, who, as you said, you know, Herbert had a tremendous game against these Bucks last week. So I think that uh, the Bears could look to continue passing against this team, and I think that um, they're going to look for their rookie Cole Komet as rookie Herbert had a had a great week last week. But, man, real quick, how's, how about Herbert? He's looked incredible. Between him and Joe Burrow, we've had some tremendous rookie quarterback play, haven't we, Alex? Oh, absolutely. The performance that he put out against uh, Herbert, going back uh, against uh, Kansas City, was phenomenal. For him to be cold off the bench, obviously we know what happened with Tyrod Taylor. Uh, that was really unfortunate. But him to go out there and put on a show uh, and kind of take some light away from Mahomes, which is really hard to do, I'm definitely a fan, only watching him a handful of games. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Herbert has had over 20 fantasy points. I know it's fantasy football, but he's looked amazing in every way, shape, or form. And that game against Kansas City, he got thrown into the fire. Imagine not knowing you're going to start um, prayers to you, Tyrod Taylor. What your doctors did were terrible. Trust me, I know your pain. Um, I've had similar stuff happen to my family in the past. So, it's, it's very unfortunate, but Herbert has taken advantage of an opportunity given to him, granted by the injury bug. This guy's been incredible. He's kept the Chargers in every game, but now he loses one of his go-tos with Austin Eckler. But rookie quarterback play has been amazing. And we have had Alex from Row 7 on, and he's going to continue co-hosting here for a little bit longer before um, we got to move on here. But Alex... Final score prediction and player of the game prediction. What What is Row 7 saying? What is Row 7 thinking? Row 7, uh, what's your thoughts um, to Chicago and Tampa fans about tomorrow's results? After thinking about everything right now and kind of going through the motions of it, I think that I would like to say that the Bears are going to show up and at least keep this game competitive. And I'm going to say that they will lose this game, I think, in my opinion. And that kind of hurts to say but they're going to keep it close. And I'm going to call a final score of 21-17 Tampa Bay. I, I do think it's going to be a very close game. And that would, um, you know, for you uh, Illinoisans who um, took advantage of legal gambling, perhaps, I think that means that you might want to take the Bears spread. I think it's going to be a close game too, because you have a Bears team that's going to be fired up. They're three and one. They're coming off a loss or in prime time. They're not going to go down easy. But at the same time, it is Tom Brady, and uh, Tom Brady on a short week is almost better than anybody at, at, at what he does. So um, I think that um, that it's going to be a good game, a, a very close game. I think 21-17 is a very good prediction. I'm, I go back and forth with my score prediction. I'll have one later in the show probably, maybe. But I, I, I think 21-17 – is an incredible uh, – uh, we'll see how close it is. Obviously, as you said, two good defenses, um, two banged-up offenses perhaps. So 
it should be interesting to see. Alex, uh, any any last thoughts or words on not only tomorrow's game, but um, in the world of sports in general? Um, the only thing that's uh, that's other uh, that's kind of standing on my mind right now is kind of what's going around with the NFL with whole COVID. Uh, a couple Raiders potentially testing positive, some more Tennessee Titans, um, and then um, correct me from Gilmore from New England testing yep. positive. It's, you know, obviously it was kind of inevitable. I'm hoping that the NFL kind of can uh, rally the troops and really get uh, somewhat of a, like you mentioned earlier, of a bubble kind of going on with these players and personnel so that way we can make it through the rest of the season. Because I know going 16, 17 weeks and really having to to shuffle games, uh, NFL is really not the type of uh, sport to be able to flex like baseball or basketball or uh, hockey or whatever it may be. It's kind of, you, you need that week break. You need uh, eight, or at least three to four day break in between games. So I'm really hoping that they can write this ship because uh, it would be a travesty for the NFL season to be cut short due to a, a pandemic. Yeah, I think Alex hit the nail on the head there. Um, it, it's starting to get scary. It's like when baseball first started um, sprouting up with these cases it was scary. And I think the NFL's even a little more hard because you can't just have double headers. You can't clump games together. You can't shorten the quarters from 15 to 10. None of that really helps. So it's, it's interesting to see what's going to happen. It's interesting to see if it'll be more of like an Atlanta Falcons, Kansas city chiefs type thing where one player on each of those teams have gotten it and no one else on those teams got it. Or you just said Raiders, Mo Hurst, I want to say he got it on the Las Vegas Raiders. And then, um, you know, we see what's going on in Tennessee, and it's going crazy. And then New England has Cam Newton and Gilmore now. Unfortunate for them, their two best players happen to have COVID. So I, I just want to extend all my thoughts and prayers out there to not only NFL players, but everybody going on with this horrid COVID-19 pandemic. I think it's safe to say uh, we're all going to look forward to when it's past us, whenever that day might be. With that being said, Alex, thanks a bunch again for hopping on tonight. We really appreciate you co-hosting and finding time for the Bucketeers podcast. Thank you again. And as always, uh, uh, shout out to the Bucketeers for uh, for reference. You guys can find me at Row Seven Podcast on Twitter. Uh, check out all my latest tweets, updates as to when new podcasts are dropping, new content, all that good stuff. Uh, but thank you again, Tones. Much appreciated. Yeah, always a great time with Alex, and you guys can find him as he said on Row Seven on Instagram and Twitter. And in fact, if um, he might, you, you know, you might be lucky enough to luck out and get a. You could buy a Row 7 t-shirt. They're available. So um, I think, are they still available? Alex has it on right there. Alex, those are available if uh, fans do want them, right? They are. You can contact me, like I said, on Twitter. is the easiest way. Direct message me, at Row 7 Podcast. Uh, they're plain black t-shirts, but got the logo all over the place on it. Um, just re- really appreciate it and just want to, you know, grow the brand. Uh, this is something I do for fun. I'm not really looking to, uh, you know, get anything out of it. Uh, I enjoy talking sports. It's definitely a passion of mine. It kind of gets, keeps me sane in this crazy world. So yeah, that, that's kind of, that's kind of what it's all about. Yeah. I could, I couldn't agree more. We're in it for the love of it. We're in it for the fun of it. We're not in it, you know, to make, you know, the money. We're just guys who love talking sports. I, I love wearing my row seven shirt guys. Go support Alex, go support row seven. Once again, go follow him at row seven pod um yeah we'll be we'll be right up with our next segment of the uh pregame panel okay bucketeers nation now it's time for our bears pick'em preview with our bears expert panel of some highly knowledgeable bears fans so let's head on over to tones and the gang and hear what they have to say tones welcome back again to the bucketeers podcast we are now joined by our bears Pre-game pod panel, we have two fantastic Bears voices here. One of them is Chicago's own OnTap Sportsnet, Chicago coverage. He, he covers the Cubs. 
He's a big Bears guy. All Chicago, all you got. He's juice. He is the juice man. We'll, we'll welcome him in shortly. And we got diehard Bears fan, Chicago Bears, number one diehard fan in my book. Timmy Crowley, season ticket holder, loves tailgate and can't do it this year, at least at this very moment. You know, it's on hold with the entire COVID-19 pandemic. Gentlemen, I thank you. Uh, I thank you for coming on, Tim. And Kyle, how are we doing tonight? Thanks for having me. I'm honored. Yeah, thanks, Tones. Yeah, it's uh, great to be on this. I know we've talked about me being on before and uh, excited to talk some Bucks bears matchup. Yeah, we got Bucks bears on Thursday night football here, and uh, it's going to be a good one. Two, three, and one squads going at it. I'm glad that Juice and Tim are here to discuss it because they know Bears more than I do, and they uh, they got a good football brain as well. So we're going to get into it a little bit here. The Bears are three and one. They've looked interesting um, they've had two quarterbacks get in this far to this point, so it, it's it's a little unorthodox. But nonetheless, they are three and one. And guys, Juice, we'll start with you. What are your expectations the rest of the way for this Bears team after a three and one start in the first quarter of the season? Yeah, I think uh, if I were a true Bears fan like I like I am, it's hard to uh, have any expectations. The Bears are very much like an onion, right? As you peel off these these little layers of the onion, you start to see what they truly are. You know, they've peeled the Mitch Trubisky era off, and now they've discarded that. And now it's uh, fair that this is Matt Nagy's offense. You know, this is he's got the guy that understands, you know, the personnel, how the offense is supposed to work. He has the guy who can check out at the line. And uh, I, I hope that last week was just a matter of new quarterback in, in a system that they're not used to running with wide receivers that he hasn't played before. But um, this has put Matt Nagy in the spotlight. And now it is do or die for the rest of the season to figure out what he has, what he is as a coach. And uh, the future of this team on the offensive side of the ball, obviously the defense has been very solid for the last couple of years and they've kept you know, the team intact and in games, but um, he was brought in to be an offensive mind. And if he's not going to be the guy who can go ahead and put up 24, 28 points, which in the, in today's NFL, you need to at least score that to be in football games. Um, I think that he is, his seat is hotter than it's ever been. And uh, it's, it's tough to evaluate where they're at, to be honest with you, to tell you what they do well and what they, uh, want to kind of do on the offensive side of the ball. You know, they've been really solid in the run game for the first couple of weeks. But uh, now that the offense has switched over, it seemed like last week they, they wanted to throw a little bit more. Um, Nick Foles dropped back, I think, 44 to 45 times last week. And obviously they were, you know, behind in the game for much of it. But um, it did seem like Matt Nagy kind of abandoned the run after a while when it wasn't having the success that uh, it should. And uh, I, I'd be – I'd be lying to you if I said I knew which Bears team was going to show up uh, this Thursday night. Yeah, I think that uh, that's a great explanation. And it's been heating up a little bit on Chicago radio about Nagy on the hot seat. So I think that's a good point. And there's a lot of head coaches around the NFL that seem to be on the hot seat. Um, so, you know, we're going to be – there's not a big pool of coaches. So I think Nagy's time to shine is now. Let's see – if uh, he could um, go with the quarterback and ride with it. Tim, do you agree with Juice here, or uh, do you have a different point of view on the Bears after their 3-1 and one start? My personal opinion on the Bears right now is uh, that 3-1 uh, and one is 3-1. and one. The national media talks about us like we're the New York Jets or the New York Giants, but statistics, I'm a stats man, and I would say stats say at 3-1 and one, you got a pretty decent chance at making the playoffs. Yep. You're right on that. I mean, we're a quarter of the way through the year, so mathematically saying if the Bears did three and one, three and one, three and one, three and one, they would be, you know, 12 and 12 and what, four? So that would be a remarkable record if they were able to replicate this first quarter season success. And I, I agree with both of you because, as Ju says, it, it, you know, it's going to depend on the quarterback. We don't know what type of team the Bears quite may be, uh, even though they are 3-1. and one. We know their defense is great, and we know if they've had a, a good quarterback, they'd be, without a doubt, Super Bowl contenders the past couple of years. Not saying they can't be one this year, but, you know, um, a more consistent quarterback play would, would elevate their chances, I think uh, we could agree, for the Super Bowl at least. I think when it comes down to the quarterback play, though, I think that uh, um, 
in the NFL, what have you done for me lately, league? I think that uh, our quarterback is more recently uh, more of the guy that uh, broke his collarbone and lost his job to a fifth-round rookie and couldn't clearly beat out Mitch Trubisky than he was the Super Bowl MVP. So going ahead with the offense, uh, Nick Foles doesn't bring me any more positivity than Mitch did, but in Chicago we're used to bad quarterback play, so hopefully that defense could take us to the playoffs. Juice, what do you do? You agree with that? Do you think that uh, Nick Foles looks like the Nick Foles of last year, who um, you know went down and lost his job to Gardner Minshew? He actually got benched in the game against the Buccaneers last year. The Bucks were killing Nick Foles, and then Minshew came in and it became a respectable game. Or do you think that you know it's it's not really Nick Foles of the old, and it is a Super Bowl Nick Foles? What Nick Foles do you think we we're getting with this Bears team? I think it's much more somewhere in the middle. Uh, I think you're going to get your good plays from Nick Foles and obviously you're bad. Um, I think it's just a matter of scheme and figuring out what they want to do. Do they want to be a team that gets off the bus, off the bus running? Or do they want to be the Matt Nagy type team that throws it around 40 to 45 times? I don't think that that's ex- necessarily putting uh, Nick Foles in the best position to succeed either. You know, and, and I, I don't want to say that um, it's, it, it, this is much like a chicken or the egg situation, which came first, you know, what is more of the problem? Is it the problem in the quarterback room or is it a problem with the scheme? I think, uh, both you could point at and say that they both have, you know, some, some arguments to be had on both sides of it. Um, but at the moment, uh, I'm going to wait on Nick Foles. I'm not going to make a, uh, just a quick situ, you know, quick, um, evaluation, on him after a very good Colts defense, as we've seen over the past, uh, you know, four games here. I know it's a short sample size, but um, I do think that uh, it, he's going to get the 12 games to finish here to see they're not going back to Mr. Bits, Tr- Trubisky barring an injury. And uh, I think that uh, in the future, when we, when we look back at this, um, it'll be evaluated from here on out more in Matt Nagy than it will be on Nick Foles. I think that, uh, the Bears' future plans at quarterback are probably not Nick Foles. But uh, with that said, this is what they have to work with for the, from here on out. So um, good coaches get the best out of, you know, their guys in front of them. And I just – Matt Nagy last week was really frustrating as a Bears fan. And uh, – hmm. it, it seems like we lost juice and audio there. Yeah, I was worried that my, comp- that my, my end went, went out. We, we, we lost Juice there, but um, yeah, it'll be interesting. We'll hopefully juice your volume and out. Hopefully we could get your volume back here in the near future. But Tim, real quick, what's uh, one Bears offensive player you look forward to in uh, Thursday night football tomorrow? Uh, to be honest, I am confident in, well, obviously Allen Robinson's the only guy we can truly count on consistently. Other than that, we're all, we are boomer bust at every position. There's a very good chance that uh, Tom Winston might put up more points for the Bears this week than the Bears offense actually does. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, he does have quite a quite a bit of pick sixes to um, you know start the year and end his uh, career in New England. And that statistic is interesting. He's tied uh, his own teammate Blaine Gabber and. Um, I'm drawing a blank to the other quarterback, but it wasn't pretty company in a pick six game streak. So although Tom Brady is a goat, he's uh, he's throwing a good amount of pick sixes. Allen Robinson's a good pick to click for sure. That guy, you got to watch any team. And after uh, Keenan Allen had some fantastic catches last week against this Buccaneers defense, it'll be interesting to see if Allen Robinson will replicate the success that Allen or Keenan Allen did. I'm sorry, Allen Robinson, Keenan Allen. Juice, if your audio's back, who's a Thursday night uh, football player you're looking out for for this Bears offense? Yeah, Bears offense, I think uh, Cole Komet's a good one uh, to start at. I, I was mentioning or uh, I was mentioning to a buddy today in a, in a Bears chat about, uh, you know, getting him on the field more. Matt Nagy has tried to do that. He's Well, he says he's, he's going to try to do that more often. Um, he was their second-round pick. Uh, he has a lot of talent. Um, I just hope uh, – that he, he gets more time. Obviously, this offense relies on Allen Robinson making plays. Um, but if the Bears are going to win this football game, they're probably going to have to run and control the clock because they're probably not going to be able to score upwards more of 35 to, you know, 38 points to win this football game. So 
I don't know if they if they're able to run the football, it should be good. But I, there's Cole Komet that I'd love to see get out there more often. Yeah, it would be nice too to see if they could utilize that um, high draft pick on that tight end, especially after signing Jimmy Graham to a decent sized contract. So they really stocked up on their tight end room there. Let's let's hope Cole Komet could start kind of um, carrying the torch a little bit. I know to this point they've looked to get him involved a little more. They haven't the first couple weeks. Let's see if this week they do. And once again, you are listening to the earliest pregame pod release, the Bucketeers pod. We we are missing Big Bukowski at this very moment, but he will join us later in the episode. We have been joined earlier by Chicago's own Alex Ruiz from the Row 7 podcast. We are joined now by Juice, the Juice Man from Chicago on tap, and Tim Crowley, one of the biggest Bears fan season ticket holders in town. So we just dove into the offensive side of things on Thursday night. Now we'll dig into the defensive side of things on Thursday night. Juice, this time we'll start with you. We all know Khalil Mack, so um, let's let's not beat around the bush with him. But besides Khalil Mack and his greatness that he brings to the table, because we know Khalil Mack's always a threat, who is your number one threat on this Bears defense to look out for against Tom Winston, as uh, Tim Crowley said? <laughs> yeah, I uh, I think the uh, the good thing about this game is is you're going to know where both quarterbacks are going to stand back there. None of these guys are going to dazzle with their feet. Um, I think a big um, matchup is going to be Ali versus Akeem Hicks in the in the mid uh, of that defense. Uh, whoever gets the the pressure from within and can get towards Tom Brady's face, it's always been the problem with Brady. When you get pressure up the middle, um, it kind of throws him off his spot, and he's not. You know, they're not as young as he used to be. Um, so him, and I, I'll, I'll point out um, uh, Johnson on the other side as well. Um, I think that they've been uh, two great corners. Kyle Fuller and Jalen Johnson have both been outstanding to start the season. Um, but uh, I think that Tom Brady, if he knows, he's going he's gonna to pick on him just like the quarterbacks have all season. Phillip Rivers did it, and uh, so did Matt Stafford in week one. So um, it'll be interesting to see what comes out of that middle, if they can get pressure up the middle, and if they can't then it's going to be up, up to the, the corners to, to make some plays on the ball because Tom Brady will pick you apart all day if there's no pressure. Yeah, and I like the point of their corners because I don't know if you guys um, seen the injury report yet, but Chris Godwin is officially out for Thursday night football. Justin Watson, the Buccaneers' third or fourth wide receiver. You could go back and forth with him and Scotty Miller. Watson is out. Scotty Miller is a game-time decision. Mike Evans is banged up. O.J. Howard's out for the year. Three running backs are out. The Bucks are literally down to Ronald Jones, Keyshawn Vaughn, and Vita Vea is their emergency running back due to COVID testing and the lack of practice squad depth. So tomorrow we might see a Vita Vea goal line run. It would be cool to see the Ellie Marpet um Akeem Hicks live matchup with Vita Vea going up the gut those guys would uh, cause for a colossal unit and then it'll be interesting to see how Johnson and Fuller do two very good young defensive backs who showed potential but have also showed signs of weakness it'll be interesting to see how they do against Tom Brady and a banged up Buccaneers offense heading into Thursday night football Tim who are is your uh, Bears player or players to look out for on the defensive side of things uh like Juice said, I agree that uh, Akeem Hicks up the middle has just been a monster this year, per usual for us at, while, when he's playing. But uh, my my pick to click will, for the defense will be Eddie Jackson. I, I can't call him Tom Winston and not pick a DB as my pick to click, you know. Uh, Eddie Jackson seems to make a, a big play, at least one big play throughout, throughout every game. And uh, I think he'll get the game-stealing interception for the Bears to win it. There you heard it. You heard it there first. If that does indeed happen, Eddie Jackson sealing the deal for Thursday night football for the Chicago Bears. Dot Bears, I think that's a good pick too. You know, a defensive back. Tom Brady is throwing the ball to defensive backs right now. I, I love Tom Brady. I'm a big Brady guy. He's done a great job. He's been one of the topper upper half quarterbacks of football through this um, first quarter of the season. But that pick six that the interception on out routes. If you're a Bears fan, you're looking for the defense to jump an out route tomorrow. But Justin Watson's not playing, so that does suck for the Bears because every time it's an out route, it's to him. <laughs> it results. Hey, Stones. Yep. Do you think Tom Brady's missing his guy James White right now? I was watching last week, and I looked. I, I seen about three drop passes, two from Jones and one from Vaughn. And 
all I was thinking about was James White every time uh, every time they showed Brady after the drop passes. Yeah, it's kind of funny you mentioned that because he is kind of looking for his James White right now. I think he was kind of developing that report a little bit with Leonard Fournette until Fournette's ankle injury happened. And then LaShawn McCoy, man, I, he just looks old. I think Tom Brady realizes that LaShawn McCoy doesn't have that getaway from the cop speed anymore. So, you know, that that's a little troubling to, to try and use LaShawn McCoy like the OG he was back in the day. So it really comes down to Ronald Jones, who dropped three footballs last week, as you just mentioned. I mean, that's a big problem. He run, he runs really good, but running is his first trait. And then you have Keyshawn Vaughn, who's a big playmaker. He's a rookie. You hope he has hands that develop out of the backfield. So it'll be interesting to see. I think that's why the Buccaneers did call up Kenjon Barner, former New England Patriots, from their practice squad on Sunday. But he's already um, out with the concussion and suspended for performance-enhancing drugs. So that kind of leaves the Buccaneers in this little pish-posh of um, what running back is going to catch the ball. And I think I, – I think I, I know one thing is for sure. We won't see Vita Vea catching any balls tomorrow. But we'll see <laughs> kind of, uh, Keyshawn Vaughn and Ronald Jones who emerges as a top pass catcher. And that kind of leads us into our fantasy outlook. You guys are both fantasy guys, as am I. Tim, we'll start with you here. Who is your fantasy player to look out for for both teams on Thursday night football? Uh, obviously, Allen Robinson's really the only worth starting every week for the Bears. But uh, I know with bye weeks starting this week and tight end position being thin as usual in the NFL for fantasy-wise, uh, the Bears seem to – once. When they finally do get to the goal line, they seem to love Jimmy Graham down there. And he's only going to catch you about three balls a game. But luckily, one time, two of them were touchdowns. So with bye week starting, you need a boomer bust tight end. Jimmy Graham might be a, might be a flyer to take. Yeah, Jimmy, Graham, uh, Jimmy Graham's not a bad one. I like that move, especially, as you said, lack of tight ends. A lot of tight ends are out. And with COVID going on, I don't know. I don't know. Jimmy Graham does sound like a good one. Who's your Buccaneer to look out for? Uh, obviously, Mike Evans. That guy's he's a monster. And like you said, with the Godwin out, O.J. Howard out, throw it up to Mike Evans, and I bet you 90% of the time he'll come down for it with you. The scariest thing about Mike Evans is he's played this entire season injured, and he's had at least one touchdown in every game this year. So I, I agree with you. I think it's going to be fun to watch Allen Robinson and Mike Evans kind of go at it as wide receiver ones. And then, um, yeah, I think Jimmy Graham and Cam Brate both are interesting, intriguing stash options. I did pick up Cameron Brate this year, uh, this week in one of my fantasy leagues. Yeah, I think he's a great candidate to score in the red zone. I mean, we've seen last week he snuck out on a little route and Tom Brady hit him. And last week he finally played over 25% of snaps. I think he is recovering from COVID as well, so it's taken him a little bit to get in shape. But between recovering from COVID, O.J. Howard out for the year, I think um, he's going to fill a good role for this Bucks team. Juice Man, who's your fantasy guys, Bucks and Bears, to look out for tomorrow? So I'll start with the Bucks. For the Bucks, uh, the common theme for the Bears defense this year has been uh, getting gashed up the middle. I love Ronald Jones in this one. I think he rushes for at least 100, probably gets a goal line carry. That ends up in the end zone. He probably has a really solid day. Um, for the Bears, obviously, as Tim mentioned, he took both of mine because I, I believe that Allen Robinson and Jimmy Graham are both the only options you should really feel exactly. confident playing on this team. But uh, – I will say this, that uh, I think the Bears, after last week's debacle, not being able to run the ball, I do believe that they try to get David Montgomery maybe more involved in the pass game, maybe uh, running the ball more often. I think he'll probably end up with more touches. Um, and I do not know if Daryl Mooney's going to play. So they may flex out um, Patterson to the flex slot there in the slot. So uh, it may mean that Montgomery's getting most of the carries this week with no Tariq Cohen, actually. He's on IR, so I'm done for the year. Um, so maybe that means Montgomery has more touches. It's all going to matter on how that Bears offensive line plays as they've struggled uh, last week. They've had decent games here and there, but uh, as we've mentioned, the uh, the Bucks are very strong up front, so it's going to be on them to control the line of scrimmage to give 
Montgomery any success. Um, but Jimmy Graham would be mine if I'm going to play anybody on that Bears team because, like Timmy said, when they do get in the red zone, they look his way. Hey, hey, Juice, how often have we heard Matt Nagy say, I'm not an idiot. I know we need to run the football. Yeah, and he probably won't. And that's why – Exactly. Yeah, and that's why I'm going to go with Montgomery just because out of the hope in my heart and me bleeding orange that he'll finally figure it out. But uh, I I fully expect a 12-carry game for David Montgomery this week. Yeah, I think um, it would be a little puzzling if we didn't see Montgomery get 12 carries, especially Thursday night football. It seems like, you know, we see teams come out pounding, but it is it is naggy. It is the Bears. Um, this guy just loves to throw the damn ball no matter what. We'll see if Montgomery gets his touches or if, you know, if he's cheated again. I had him in some fantasy leagues, so I was a little disappointed with his game last week, but he did face a very good stout Colts defense, as mentioned before. Real quick to wrap up here, guys. Final score and game MVP predictions. This is um, going to be an interesting one. I can't wait to hear the score from you guys. Tim, we'll start with you. What's uh, the, the winning or the final score here and your MVP? Chicago Bears, 18. Tampa Bay Bucks, 17. I don't know how we're getting 18, but we're going to get it. And, uh, and MVP, Eddie Jackson. Go Sticking with steady Eddie Jackson right there, 18 to 17. That would be a defensive battle not far off from um, the Colts Bears score last week. So 18 to 17, I like it. Going unique, 18. Um, I'm trying to think in my head that would be – Four field goals and a touchdown and a missed extra point. So Very plausible for the Bears. Yep, very plausible. A lot of missed kicks. <laughs> a lot of missed kicks. Um, I actually heard today that they were bringing in um, a guy, a kicker to work out or whatnot, perhaps. I, I'm not sure. Kai Forbath. <laughs> yeah. Kai well, we brought in 15 last offseason, and we still got what we got. Uh, Forbath, this would be his eighth NFL team, so – I'm not quite sure for that to be your answer there. Um, Jairo Santos didn't do shit for the Bucks either, so don't worry. Uh, it's not just a Bears thing. Our kickers have been terrible, lackluster, pathetic too. So hopefully both our teams could find a guy who could kick consistent footballs. Juice Man, what's your uh, MVP prediction and final score in tomorrow's game? So I, I've been back and forth on who I think is going to win this football game, but Usually when that happens, I, I take the better quarterback. Um, going uh, Bears 20, Tampa Bay Buccaneers 23. I think the Bears dropped to 3-2. and two. Um, And I think Tom Brady is your MVP for uh, that game, just strictly because I think on a short week, I'll take the guy with all the knowledge opposed to where the Bears offense seems to be right now. I think they score a 20. I do think the defense gets a touchdown for the Bears. I think we see another lackluster performance from uh, Matt Nagy and the crew. And it'll make for really interesting talk radio for the next couple of weeks. I'll say that because the Bears will have 10 days till their next football game to bask in a terrible showing yet again on national television. And we, us three turned from enemies into friends because uh, the week after Thursday night football, the Buccaneers host the Green Bay Packers. So that'll be a, um interesting clash to see the Packers head into Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay, whatever you want to call it. Um, I agree with both of you guys. I think that this is going to be a very close game. I think that this one could go either way. Two very good football teams at three and one going at it in the early stages of the season. Both are a little, or the Buccaneers especially, but both teams are banged up, have their fair share of injuries. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, Bucks 27, Bears 24. Uh, I think it's going to be interesting. I think Bears get a couple pivotal turnovers on both sides of the ball. I think Khalil Mack gets to Tom Brady a couple of times. I think he gets past Donovan Smith. I think it's safe to say we all do um, like the Bears spread. So if uh, if you're a uh, Rivers guy out there or whatnot, you know, you, you do like the Bears spread in this one, I guess. 3-0 on Bears spreads here. So, guys, thanks again uh, for tuning in. Any last words from you guys on this um, Wednesday or Thursday night? I just want to say thank you for having me. Go Bears. Juice, uh, thanks for coming along with Tim. Uh, any last words? He says go Bears. I know you're going to say go Bears too. Uh, I'm going to say let's uh, let's hope that it's uh, competitive and uh, – there's a, there's a good NFL game to be had. I know that last week was uh, 
a, a sleeper as well. It was at um, Jets and Broncos. Let's just hope that this week is uh, a little bit more entertaining than that. Yeah, for real. I think that's a very good point. I mean, hey, we can't do worse. So, I mean, the Bucks and Bears being on national television, I believe, for the first time each this year, it will be a damn better showing than that shit show we've seen last Thursday of the penalty gods just throwing yellow laundry all over the field. I mean, my gosh, that was hard to watch last Thursday. Sam Darnold, you know, he, besides that 50-yard run. I was just going to say, how about that run, though? <laughs> that, that, that run was impressive, and now, you know, maybe he thought he was a little too much of a scrambler. It hurt his arm scrambling on one play, and now he is um, he, he's out. So we'll see if Joe Falco Flacco could get them on track. But, yes, Thursday night should be great. We got Bucks, We got Bears 3-1. and one. You're tuned into the Bucketeers pregame pod. Thanks so much, guys, for um, – Great to talk to you guys. Yep. Yeah, thank you. Yep, we heard two Chicago's finest right here, Juice and Timmy. They'll be back soon. Okay, guys, this is from Pro Football Focus. It says that Cody Whitehair has allowed 10 pressures through four games so far. And in 2018, he only allowed 11 total pressures throughout the entire year. Very good point you make, too, there, Big Bukowski. Cody White here is a guy who, you know, has had his ups and downs, but it, it's going to be a key cog in this Thursday night football game to see um, if, if he can surpass his PFF pro football ranks. But without further ado, I think it's time to uh, put this on pause. What do you say, Big Buck? Once again, thanks for tuning in, guys. I'm Big Bukowski. He's Tampa Tone. Until next time, game. Peace.